It's the Old Doctor Who Show, episode number 39, Legopolis, with special guest Mike Dawson. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, Toby? The TARDIS has been working properly capable of many amazing things. The polarity of the neutron flow is that the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a unity. It's like a person. Resulting reaction. Are you ready? Welcome to the old Doctor Who show, your tri-weekly classic Doctor Who review podcast. I am your host, Eric Grissom, and I'm joined, as always, by uh, the other Dan host. Dan Johnson, your other host. Dan Johnson. But wait a second. I'm getting a little excited because it's a special... We have a special uh, day, is that right? We have a guest host, uh, this is Mike Dawson, who you probably know from his uh, Process Party podcast, and if you don't, you should be subscribing to that. He's also uh, one of the nation's most beloved cartoonists. <laughs> Mike, yes. welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Good to talk to you both. It's a pleasure, and I think it's also kind of funny, we're going to get to it later, because we always read reviews or... Of our podcast, and I think somebody points out, like, I like that the thing I like most about this show is they don't rely on guest hosts. Oh. <laughs> so I'm glad we'll, well get to read that uh, on our first. <laughs> we don't rely on it, but come on, this is great. Well, I hope no, you're Mike, not relying. I hope this is not you guys relying. Mike, on you got to carry this show for us. Eric and I are sitting yeah. back and letting you Mike do all the work. Mike is a professional podcaster who not only had done, uh, or who currently does, the Process Party podcast. Mike, you did the Ink Panthers podcast, which is was awesome. For many years. And then the uh, Toxie uh, Talkies. Was that Talk, it? Toxie Toxies. Toxie Toxies. <laughs> My comic journal podcast. Yeah. That one I did by myself. It's a lot easier, you guys must find this, to uh, do a podcast with somebody. It's good for chemistry, having, uh, you know, do you have each other to like you feel obligated to get it done because you're like well you know my co-host would be mad if I don't if we don't come through like I yeah I do it mostly to keep Eric from yelling at me I don't think we've never done a solo or actually we had like a mini one I think once that I did and that's just I just start rambling um, it was like the second ever episode that we did where it was like trying to announce that Doctor Who's no longer streaming on Netflix. Oh, and like okay. we had to update the audience of our four subscribers at the time to like, <laughs> all right, guys, I don't, I, I hate to break it to you, but our whole show's uh, in the crapper. Well, uh, I found, yeah, I found that much harder. So it's better when you got people to bounce things off of. Um, now, um, Previously, before we started recording, Mike, you were sharing wisdom about it being. I'm, I'm hoping this is what it is that it's not okay to look at people in the eye because if I'm <laughs> ever around someone, I'm probably not going to look you in the eye, and that's my own stuff. No, going no. On. So please justify that, that. It was an article. I didn't read the whole thing of, but that's the way that we we are in the internet age, where we read headlines yeah. in the first paragraph. But it seemed to be saying that it's actually not rude to not look people in the eye when you're talking to them because actually your brain can process what is being said to you better if you're not like concentrating on that eye contact that by (laughs) hanging your head down and gazing off into the middle distance or looking at the floor you're actually concentrating on more on what's being said to you and i can see you in both of your uh i'm not even looking i'm not looking at dan right now looking towards his uh, shoulder but (laughs) he listens intently to what i'm saying and that's actually being polite (laughs) I think that I'm going to add that to my uh, 
my whole thing when I'm not looking at someone, I'm just going to start mumbling. I can process this better. I can process this better. I'm processing it so much better right I'm now. I'm doing this for you. Well, I 100% think it's true because I have sometimes been talking to people and I'm like, oh, I should make eye contact. And then all I'm doing is thinking about like the eye contact and becoming very like self-aware, self-conscious of it. Right. Like, well, when know, every time, yeah, anytime I look I'm, at someone's eyes, I'm like, oh my God, they know. And then the whole, my whole brain is just figuring out... Um, you know what they don't like about me and yeah. how I can, and then I no longer have any idea what they're saying. So it's better, um, yes. All but we're not here to talk about social uh, graces or social Are we not? behavior. No, we're here to talk about Doctor Who. Now, Mike, you have some experience with Doctor Who being not born uh, in the United States, so you watch this stuff as a kid, right? That was a, that was a very long, complicated way. To <laughs> yes, say. as a, uh, as that, a uh, yeah. I grew, right. up, grew up in England, so Doctor Who was always on. And I think the reason you asked me to come on this episode was I believe you and I had one at some point had a conversation about this being an episode that was very memorable to me. And the funny thing is, I rewatched it and I don't remember any of that. Yeah. <laughs> Completely not how I remembered it, except for the final bit at the end with the regeneration scene that like seared itself into my into my psyche. Like, just, you know, creep me out. Uh, so I never forgot that part. But the whole, like, I thought the whole episode was about something different. Was that your first, was that your first regeneration that you had seen? Uh, probably, yeah. Because I see, yeah. Because was this 81, 82? This came out? 81, yeah. So I just, Doctor Who was on. And so I sort of think of Peter Davidson as my doctor, quote unquote. Because, like, yeah. you know, that's the one where I was more actively watching. Um, so I caught the tail end of Tom Baker, I guess. Um yeah. So, yeah, so I saw this, creeped me out. But, yeah, the episode itself was, yeah. I remember, like, specifically, you were like, oh, this episode scared me or freaked me out. And then I was, when I was rewatching it, I was like, I don't know which part was the, what ruined uh, the young Mike Dawson's experience? Did you guys not or think the Watcher is uh, uh, creepy looking? The Watcher, Dan? Does that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the Watcher was. Like, Super creepy. Like, I mean, this was. Well, I mean, we'll get into this, yeah, but like, it had like this kind of Lynchian feel to it that I I freaking loved. Yeah. Um, All right. And, I mean, the the music, the tone, everything. I think it's a pretty creepy episode. I think so you far. need yeah. to. I think you need to hit that button, Dan, because we're already talking about uh, Legopolis before right. we're talking about Legopolis. What's the button? Let's, do? let's jump into it. All right, hit Ready? the button, Mike. What's the button? Do? <laughs> So that was the master. Hmm. How do you deduce that? I just guessed. Never guess. Unless you have to. There's enough uncertainty in the universe as it is. But I can help you. Can't I? In the ordinary way, yes. This is something far too serious. What sort of something? A chain of circumstances that fragments the law that holds the universe together. Yes. That Ariel's the recent addition. Are we going to be staying long? You are. What? You and I have to part company. Look, if you're going after Nyssa, I'm coming to... Don't argue. I demand to see who's ever in charge of this ship. It's Legopolis, the seventh and final serial of the 18th season. This is from 1981. 
Um, it's written by Christopher Beadmead. Beadmead? It's written by Speedweed, uh, who's known for his Law & Order episodes. You know I'm talking. People out there know that. When they see that name, Speedweed, look it up. Uh, director of Peter Grimwade. And this story is about the doctor dying. Uh, Mike Dawson, our special. <laughs> Normally I do a more elaborate uh, Legopolis tile. I didn't. I, had, I have a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. So I'm going to throw this one to Mike. Mike Dawson, what did you say, think about Legopolis? We already kind of know that. Uh, some of your backstory. I liked Legopolis. Um, yes. And I found, as as a person who actually doesn't watch Doctor Who that much, um, what I, I realized that I always do enjoy it when I sit down and like let myself like get into a Doctor Who episode. Um, I do get sort of hung up, I guess, on the special effects and all that sort of stuff. Um, that, like That's why I'm not a religious watcher of the Doctor Who. Um, anyway, the story is about Tom Baker and, and his little, <laughs> this little page boy who's hanging out with him. Uh, wearing, oh, Adric. a potato sack. And <laughs> yeah, they ran with his little rope belt. That poor his guy. I, I, and those pants. He's got a badge, though. I mean, come on. He's, well, he's, he's an athlete. Yeah, so Do you think he's, he's wearing he's underpants a... under those? Uh, under those oh, pants? I'm certain not, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Very, uh, like the very thin material that he's wearing. I feel like that's a... It looks very cold. Like, he would be cold. Like, if the wind picked up a little bit, he's definitely goosebumping it yes. and doing whatever. So, wearing a drafty potato sack. This <laughs> what <I'm> called after. <laughs> now, we know that you saw Legopolis, obviously, as a kid. Uh, but did you watch the show? Like, was it a regular part of your life, watching Doctor Who? Yeah, I think it was just on. I mean, in the olden days, we only had two, three television channels, and... It was just on in the afternoons, probably, and I probably just watched it. Um, but I imagine it was probably more frequent. Like, for us, Dan and I was just weird. You know, if it was on PBS at, and your dad's yelling down, put on 36, and then you put it on, and it would be sort of like once in a while, or it would be, we would jump around. For you, was it like sort of a, it's Saturday, it's what we're watching Doctor Who? Yeah, I think it was just, it was just on a regular show that you would watch and wouldn't think that much about, in fact. Um, but I hmm. liked it as a child. I don't think I followed it. Like, I couldn't tell what was happening, probably. Which, still, as an adult, is an element of that I wanted to ask you guys about. Like, it's Oh, for right? this episode Are especially. Are some of these things some necessarily supposed to make sense? <laughs> like, is it all scientifically well, yeah, sound? Well, yeah, we'll get to I guess we'll figure out, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I think what's it makes going sense. on. <laughs> yeah. It's a little convoluted, but I think it, overall it makes okay. sense. Well, what doesn't make sense is in the uh, beginning of the... I got, I'm not going to say episode. In the beginning of the serial... <laughs> Or you could say story. episode one. Story. You could say story. Yeah. Uh, the TARDIS appears next to a trash can uh, with a sign that says, please take your litter home. Yep. Mm-hmm. But if you're taking your litter home, why do you need the trash can? You're supposed to put it in the trash and can. Then and then take, take the, the trash, trash can, can home. Yeah, take the whole <laughs> See, that does yeah. not seem practical. And then someone comes from the council and puts another trash can. <laughs> oh, it's like a <laughs> yeah. city bikes program? Like, right, but just for, for trash cans. Like, you can get your... You know, everyone, it's, a, it's a trash can sharing program. Uh <laughs> They're very ahead of their time. So, and that is the only uh, police... So there's a police box next to the trash can that we find out later in the episode the master has actually formed his TARDIS around. Yeah. Right. And then later on, our doctor uh, lands his TARDIS on top of the master's TARDIS, creating some kind of uh, never-ending TARDIS loop, right? Of, like, TARDIS... Yes. Yes. And it was brought to you by Entropy. Which was the this official the official sponsor of uh, this episode was Entropy. How about, is that what is was it brought to us by Entropy? 
they say it like 5,000 times. Like, and by the end, it's just like constantly like, you know why? Entropy. Look at this place. It's falling apart. Entropy. I'm going to introduce entropy into Legopolis and the whole system. But is that why the master and the doctor happen to go to the same blue police box? Because there, there is presumably a human created blue police box by the side of the road next to the trash can, right? That the master yes, goes that's to. That's actually there. On his TARDIS. And the doctor happens to go to as well. But is it entropy that well, causes them all to go to the same one? No, I don't know. Well, okay, so so at this period of time, the doctor does say that he needs to get the measurements of the of the TARDIS yeah. so he can fix the chameleon circuit yeah. finally. Yeah. And that there aren't very many that are still in use on Earth. Uh. There are still some in the north of England, so maybe there are only a few that they can actually go to. But the other thing that's important is the doctor says that the master must have known that he was going to fix the chameleon circuit because they're both time lords, and in many ways right. their that's brains why he are... Goes there. The same. So the master would sort of because the master always seems to be a step or two ahead of the doctor in this story. Yeah. Yep. So he some somehow knew that that would be the, the where the doctor would go. Yeah, we just have to buy that. But I think <laughs> yeah, they try to, to explain it in the story. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, feel free, pick it apart, put it back together. Um, so, so the doctor, as, as we're saying, so he goes to Earth, and we. I don't know about you, Dan. Um, yeah. But I always like the space episodes. That's sort of generally what I like. But once I that. saw that we were back on Earth, I was actually happy to be back on Earth. I was like, I missed I like, Earth. I felt like uh, it was good. It was good to be back. I like the space ones. I like the Earth ones for the most part, except Pertwee getting stuck there for several yeah, seasons was that. a little bit much. It's the ones I don't like so much are the historical ones, which is crazy for a time-traveling show. <laughs> but eh, whatever. And what did, what did you guys favorite. think of the Sheena Easton uh, making an appearance? I don't know if it, the, the uh, stewardess... <laughs> Okay. And, so and her grandmother, or her aunt, who is miniaturized. Yeah. It was Auntie Vanessa. Um, so explain to me, Tegan. She's, right. uh, first she's of all, on like her way were... to her job and an airport. Job? No, no, no. But she's not a stewardess yet. They make that clear. She's not going to be there until something happens today when she gets to the London airport. Yeah, currently she's still just an airplane enthusiast. She's, and she's, so she, she's, so she, she okay. dresses every the day of the week. Does she dress up like a stewardess, <laughs> waiting for the call? Because I imagine they go to a room where a standby room for stewardesses, and then they get the little drink cart. And if you grab onto it and you hold onto the side, you can get right onto is she the like plane. Rudy? Is she like Rudy? Where she's, <laughs> yeah, she's only like, a stewardess she's about, like, for fifteen minutes. Like for the airlines, <laughs> she always dresses in an outfit, like as if she's, she's just benched the entire yeah, time bench until like the drink cart gets stuck in first class. We we need some. Somebody deliver orange juice to coach. Let <laughs> me put her in for that ten minutes. <laughs> Classic. So okay, so, the, so we introduce Tegan, and I mean they're setting the character up that she's really forgetful. The first thing we see is she like she forgets to get her passport, then she forgets to close the door, then she forgets her luggage getting into the car. Just, yeah, this is all in the space of like two minutes. She's just human. That's us. Isn't that, that us? Like Isn't that here? us? Capital U. Um, Maybe you. Well, I have a question. Question <laughs> got, for Dan. Mike? This one goes to Dan. Sure. You, are you watching all of these episodes for the first time as you go? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So well, you don't know how Tegan's same, character develops. Correct. Right. Okay. For the most part, Eric and I have n- not seen all. You've no, Eric I seen saw, a few more I than I saw me. this episode before, yeah. although like Mike, I was like, oh, I don't remember any of it. And I, right. I, you know, that was only a few years ago. I probably watched it. I, I two weeks from now, you asked me what like Atlas is about, and I'm probably <laughs> oh, going to struggle a little bit. But after this, problem. like, yeah, I don't know Tegan at all. This is the first time, or the only 
story I've seen with her either. So I'm not sure where so she's we going to go. We're we purposefully trying to watch this fresh. And and I, though I do do some, it doesn't show in the recordings here, though I do do some uh, research about the stories that we're watching, I try not to get any spoilers. And I've been uh, uh, reminded to not do that by some people on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I don't know anything about what's coming up. So you don't know if Tegan... Tegan's forgetfulness continues on into the no Peter idea. Davison years, and that's like, oh, forgetful no Tegan, like she never remembers to close the TARDIS <laughs> door. I don't know if she ever changes out of her uh, stewardess outfit. She might stay in that for years. That's possible, forgetful right? Forgetful Tegan. I mean, Adric has been in the same. Outfit, I don't think he's he? ever showered. <laughs> Mike and I have talked at length about Adric, but what is your take on him aside from his wardrobe and you mean killer haircut? You and I have. Yeah, tell tell us about your your Adric feelings. Because it's probably the only episode you've seen with him that you can recall anyway. Yes, that's true. I don't really know sort of where... Like, I gathered some of his backstory from the episode. Like, he's an alien. He's not a human, right? That's Got it. Yeah. That was confusing to me because I didn't realize he was an alien until, like, later in the episode. Because I was wondering what his outfit and hairstyle was about. Um, I like the bit where... I think he doesn't like Tegan. I think he gets a little bit prickly, like, at her hmm. presence. Because there's that scene where, like, the doctor's in trouble and and uh, Adric's about to go away with the Legopolopian monitor. Legopolopian, And Tegan's yep. like, we've got work to do. And, and Adric's all like, we're doing it, <laughs> he's Tegan. A, <laughs> he's a bit of a snot. He oh, just, he's such a pain is. in the butt. And then the, you the have him and mine. his girlfriend, uh, <laughs> Nisa. Like, I get it. We we had They had a half of an episode last storyline but now now they're like best friends or he is do- it's total puppy love every time she comes onto the screen nisa, yeah, nisa. and she's been gone for five seconds previously he's asking yeah. about nisa when they're not we're barely even you know talking about something else and he's like was well, nisa gonna be there did nisa right. call did she ask about me <laughs> but i he was a little bit again this and uh I keep her track and he was a little bit better than he was dan and yes. i both just did not like him and it took a long time I'm not 100% on Team uh, Adric, but... I don't know if there is a Team Sorry, Adric. Sorry, I've got a child in the room. Hold on. Uh, it's BBC Dad just, right, right here. BBC Dad, push the kid out of the room. <laughs> right, Keep staring at the camera. Come dive in and take him out of here. I gotta, I'm getting a lock put on my door this week. <laughs> You're just going to hear drill <laughs> sound. <laughs> Panic room. Why does the, the... Also in the beginning when we reveal the master is here and we see the dolls... We've seen yeah. the dolls before, right? That was Terror of the Autons when we first met the Master, and he was put making people into dolls. What is that, and why is that? Yeah, I, it's just oh, a weird right. power. To I knew that we had seen it before, but here, sorry, just a, a real quick tangent. I was watching this, the, especially the first episode of this story, and I was like, this all feels really familiar—the cloister room, uh, even Tegan for some reason. Like some of this all felt familiar. I realized. Several years ago, maybe <laughs> seven years ago, I had tried to start watching classic <laughs> Doctor Who, uh-huh. and this is the first story I tried watching because it was one of the highly rated ones. I had no <laughs> clue what was going on and stopped it immediately. Um, so I can't remember if I actually saw the little dolls because of that or ha- no. In we one did. Of the Ter- that yeah, Terry the Aut- Autons. Okay. I believe Autons. that's another plastic classic. Pla- he does plastic the factory thing. I feel like you keep seeing people that are shrinking. That's sort of yeah. the master's mo. It's just a weird. The Master has so many powers, mind control, and he's super smart, and he also turns people into dolls. Well, I have a, yeah. Yeah, I have a question to you guys, because I was hoping yeah. you'd be able to answer this for me. Okay. So, when the Master kills somebody and turns mm-hmm. them into a doll, 
ask. <laughs> when... Why does no one react everybody. like it's a crazy thing? Well, yeah, that's Why is everyone just blasé about it? Are we supposed to think that they've been turned into a doll? Or that's supposed to be a tiny human body? A tiny dead body? Because yeah. the way people react is as if it's a dead body. Because they're like, murder has happened here. Like, well, the, like they knew yeah, it was a murder. Like, like why would the policemen investigating no, the presence I don't know the of police some dolls... Like the police, you thought that the police knew that it was dolls, or that they were just in, investigating an abandoned car with, do- well, why with would dolls they in it. The doctor for an abandoned. Well, car. they didn't they arrest them. They, right? they say, them. I think they say, like, you're like, not being you arrested, need... but come with us, or you will get arrested, or something. Right? He's not. They just like... want questioning about this <laughs> abandoned car. But if all you found is an abandoned car with some dolls in it. <laughs> but even that isn't really enough to bring someone down to the police station for questioning about right, especially like, you because don't know of anyone missing. You don't it know. It could be the doctor's car. <laughs> you could just say, oh, that's my car. Those are my dolls. <laughs> he clearly said it wasn't his car. He may have intimated those were his dolls, though. <laughs> but I guess that's what I'm asking because there was a bit of an atmosphere of like, like they could tell something was afoot or something was awry. And I'm wondering how, like. Yeah. Do they look like little dead bodies? I, that's the problem with these special effects. I can't tell what they were going for. I feel like they're dollified and they look – they're miniature Okay, doll but that makes it even weirder. <laughs> yes, it would be yes. – it's weird that the doctor sh- – uh, that the master shrinks people to death. It's weirder that he shrinks them to dolls <laughs> to death. So I, I don't it's know. It's one of life's mysteries that uh, we may never know. And I mean, I'm sure we'll hear like about – Almost immediately on Twitter, uh, I like it to go back to like the idea of like, yeah, like what's um what's creepy about it? Like that is creepy. These little dolls, like yeah. as a viewer, you're like, oh, like that's you know upsetting. I just sort of not sure exactly what the characters are supposed to be, uh, how they're supposed to be taking it. So because that yeah, happens again not... later on Legopolis with this little dolls found in the in the mathematical nooks. Oh, those little yeah. like port up like looks like potties, like a, a whole <laughs> hall of just people uh, in the toilet. It was very strange. That's where you get a lot of your good thinking done. So it makes sense. <laughs> With your I do, yeah, I I don't know because the police didn't seem to me that they were investigating a murder. The doctor, when he sees those things shrunk, knows what's going on. So he knows that they, they were people and killed, and it's the master. Later in Logopolis, Adric sees them and he knows what's going on because he knows the master's around, so this must be him. But that doesn't, none of that necessarily lets us know whether they think that they're shrunken bodies or little dolls. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I think in, re, yeah, in reality, it's, shrink, it's got to be shrinking. You think it's a little dead body? Right? A little tiny dead, I guess. I don't know, but then Maybe. those Earth I mean, policemen should be a little bit more upset. Like they were like, well, okay, we'll, we'll follow that scenario. <laughs> you're you're a cop on the beat, new to the beat. <laughs> Let's get to his you're, backstory. You're, you're driving down the highway. You see an abandoned car. You look inside, and you see He's a three tiny days from person. retirement. Would you even think it was real or even possible? Like they're not even they're a tiny person, Mike. I'm just you saying, see a like, tiny person. Would you think but, it was a real thing or, or something you baked? You know you what I mean? Like a little organic like, thing that you like, created in a. Yeah, like Dog. if you touched it and you're like, this is like a little creature, like <laughs> a little they, creature. That do you think they like a woman wearing like a, a fancy coat? Right. Do you, you think know, they took little policeman. little <laughs> their little fingers and tried to get like the pulse? Off? <laughs> How did they pronounce that the doll uh, doll sized person was dead? They must have to have little little uh, defibrillator things. <laughs> <laughs> it's hooked up to a nine volt battery. 
But at, at that same time, though, it has one of my favorite Adric scenes, which is when he tosses his 10-speed mic at the cop. Uh, but for what a, what a wonderful time that was where you could just toss a, co- a bike at a cop. He could pretend to be trapped underneath a Schwinn. Like, that was the distraction? Well, then he was hard. You know, he had been hit, I guess, was the thing. I guess. I don't know. They're on the side. I, sure. Oh, Adric. Um, um, so, yep, go just, on. just hitting some of this stuff. I, I do like... From the very beginning, even if you didn't know that this was Tom Baker's final episode, like it's really obvious throughout that this is the tone of the episode. I mean, Entropy, he makes it reference to himself getting old, yeah. being an old doctor and needing to change. Um, they do a tour of the TARDIS, which I love when they do the, the little walks around the TARDIS. And they come past Romana's room again. They both look into Romana's room. Yeah, that was sad. And, and then they jettison the room. Or it's like, they yeah, the past so when, is when dead. The, room, the doctor walks out and, and says, you know... Uh, that was something like that was the past. The future is this way. Like it's it's all very, I don't want to say heavy handed, but it's very ominous. It's portentous that this is a very big deal for him. Was yeah. uh, Romana that was a previous companion? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was a time lord that that traveled with him as well. So uh, who also regenerated? So we had two actresses playing oh. this character over the course of time. And K nine. Oh, don't forget K nine was also. No, they got rid of him. I didn't hear. So they're clean in house. K nine. <clears throat> yeah. K9 stayed with Romana. So, so that, yeah, so that was kind of, you know, that tone goes throughout this. Um, Sorry to, I'm going to annoy your listeners with my not knowing a lot about Doctor no, Who. No, do it. We war. don't know anything either. Um, so, not all Time Lords get like a job title. Like the Doctor, That's... the Master, Romano was just called Romano. She, she Romana, was the baker. Yeah. She was the baker. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. <laughs> no, she didn't have one. I don't know what... Yeah, I feel well, real horrible that I don't know this, but there is a reason why they have these names and it is stated at different times, but I don't Like why the Master's recall. called the Master. I think the Master's right. called the Master the way the Edge is called the Edge. You know, he just <laughs> thought it was a <laughs> good idea. Like, I'll sound even more... Uh, you mean it was ordained by, by God. If I call myself the Master. You know he came up with that name his, on his own and how long it took for people <laughs> cool to stop nickname. referring to him as Steve or whatever his, his given <laughs> name master. was. <laughs> I'll I'll take I'll check off there what right. happened to K nine because K nine is a is one of my favorite bits oh, of Doctor Who yeah, as a child and I wish K nine was in the episode. But I don't yeah. really understand what K 9s deal was, but I'll look into oh, he, that myself. You were you were his target audience, absolutely. Was it four children? Aired. <laughs> What's that? Was K nine four children? He was. Uh, oh, without a doubt, yeah, he was brought on K-9 to help boost ratings. Yeah, yeah, I love K nine, so I will look. I'll See, go on to Whoopedia or whatever it is later on and find out what. The deal with K9 was. So. Tardis.wikia.com. Well, yeah. Well, we covered the last K9 episode. We did. For story. I said it, it again. Storyline. Story. Uh, that's, he, he died in a fiery explosion in the, in the water, right? That's not at all. No, not what at was all. his last episode? I can't He's remember alone. that. I know if we did it. That was Warrior's Gate. He went off with Romana. Oh, right. Okay, so he's traveling space. Yeah. And Romana he's is... He's traveling with Romana. The Doctor has the, the doctor in schematics space. to be able to create another K-9 if he needed to, but right. he went off with Romana. She, he's he's in an alternate universe saving people with a different Doctor. Oh, nice. That's yeah. what I like to think that. He's at a farm yeah. somewhere. So he's, he's, he's right at the farm state. somewhere. He's still safe. <laughs> we can't visit him this weekend. Maybe next weekend we'll go see him. K-9's in e-space now. He's, uh, <laughs> he's much better off. But he's, he's, you know, if you want to write some fan fiction, I mean, there you go. You got, you got uh, the, all the parts are there. But the jettisoning of rooms, they, the TARDIS can't yeah. take, we've never seen that before. Like, that seems, is that, have they ever done that? that comes They're trying later. to drop weight yeah, so they get rid of Romana stuff? 
Yeah, I don't know that we've we've seen that in the classic series to this point. We definitely do see it in New Who later on. It was a um, weird thing because other than the symbolic nature of getting rid I of think the that past, was why. you know, That's there it. was you know they just sort of, sort of added that to it. I'm sure you could have could have jettisoned any number of the thousands of rooms that exist in there. But so jumping back on Mike's me. sort of questions, and here's some of my questions: the master goes to Earth because he knows the doctor's going to Earth because he knows he can think that he's going to fix the chameleon circuit. Yeah, but then at the end. The doctor's like, oh, I'm so vain thinking he was after me the whole time, but he really, he was after Legopolis. Why didn't the master just go right to Legopolis? <laughs> you know what I mean? Did I miss something? Like, was there, oh, no, wait, the, the, you have to go to Earth. <laughs> to get the measurements. To get the, but no, he didn't need the TARDIS measurement. He needed that super, 780s supercomputer yeah. room, right? Yeah. That's we're going to get to that. Can we get oh, to that? Because it's also very fuzzy on sort of the whole plot. Yeah, the, tar- <laughs> the master, the, is able yeah, to the go master to has a. In a potted plant, no problem. Like his chameleon. Yeah, his chameleon circuit's right. great. His it's chameleon awesome. circuit works all the time, but it's always an inappropriate thing that he has. Like when he's a potted plant and, in the middle of like a rocky mountain. Yeah, and he's like he's a potted weird. plant. Or when he goes to the 70s computer room, he's a Roman column. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it can change, but he's just going to choose to change it to something completely... The dumbest thing possible. He's not very smart. <laughs> I mean, we say that <laughs> he's, he's smart, brilliant. but he pretty much he's breaks the smart. universe. He's more book smart than anything. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I feel like there was, there was a lot... I mean, there's still a lot in the first episode. Like, Tegan wandering into the police box... And into the TARDIS control room, did did she seem appropriately dazed by the fact that she's no, not? She in was kind of cool with the whole thing. I mean, she was just pretty the cool idea with it. That right she away. went into the thing and it was bigger. We didn't, she, you know, she just kept she going into the doors. Inside. She was more she, annoyed, I think. She adapted that, well. She's yeah. like, okay, well, she, this is a never-ending uh, stream of TARDISes, so I, obviously. So, <laughs> TARDISes this and TARDISes. And, oh, where is the pilot? <laughs> oh, Tegan. As a uh, air, airplane stewardess cosplayer, I demand to see the pilot. <laughs> yeah, you should, uh, we should see more Tegan uh, airplane stewardess cosplay. I think that's, that's hey, something needed. I've got my costume for the next, uh, next con. Um, All right, so somewhere after... But she does start, but she yep. does start like... I'm sorry, I'm not done with this. All right, keep going, she comes Tegan. in and immediately starts flipping switches on the control console <laughs> to t- try to speak to the pilot. I mean, not, it just doesn't make She's any sense. She's familiar with airplane technology, so she's <laughs> sure. adapting, uh, flashing the seatbelt lights on and off, and <laughs> okay. all the gas masks came down, and she was like, okay, I understand this. I know. That's all I need to know. Okay, great. I'm on board now. Uh, so... so we're uh, we're all in agreement that we're not quite sure the master's plan for going to Earth. He stows away on the TARDIS and then gets out at Legopolis, and that sort of makes sense. But uh, why couldn't he have just done it on his own? Who knows? Maybe they right. they addressed it. And he I didn't even it. necessarily need to go there at the same time that the doctor. He just needed to be there at the same time that the Legopolisian. That's not it. The, the, old, of the planet of old dudes that. that look like the bad guy from the last Starfighter. It was like an, an yes. alien race of those, or maybe they were in the Flaming Lips. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, go on to the living. No, computers. he just needed to be there when they built that that uh, antenna dish array thing. Like that's the only time he needed to be there. He didn't need the Doctor to be present for any of this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Why he did it? I like how like excited the Legopolonians were that they had like their antenna. It was like the first time they got internet. <laughs> They're like, hey, we get all these channels now, and uh, I didn't quite understand the um, 
need to replicate the Earth supercomputer thing, the um, Faraday, mm. what is it, the Foros project? Pharos. Pharos project? Pharos. In, yeah. I mean, I get it, that the Earth actually, or the universe succumbed um, and has failed, and they're keeping it alive uh, yeah. because of entropy, again, they keep bringing it yes. up. They're, they're sort of maintaining it, and they're creating <clears throat> vacuums and um, things to sort of keep everything moving. Uh, they're creating what dark they, matter, I guess. They're cr- no, they're creating the charged embointments. That's the thing that they fell through to get into e-space. Okay. But why do they the need... That- I get my question just being why the Earth technology? Like, what was it about what we did here that is able to do that as opposed to... They just needed right. a reason to go to Earth, right? Is that yes. what... Okay. You needed the room to I'm look... sorry I asked like, that. Like, to keep the universe together, the room had to, like, have computers in the same spot. <laughs> it had to be exactly arranged the same way as the, uh, as the and, and the 1970s technology. computers were the height of computer technology, as we all know. So they got the best computers <laughs> to keep Earth, the yep. universe stabilized. Yep. <laughs> Plenty of dot matrix printers. Uh, those also made a comeback. I don't think we ever get far without seeing those old printers, which I love. I like that the, uh, the, uh, their set that was made to look like the Earth set still had like, mm-hmm. the saran wrap on all their computers. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? Was that saran wrap or was it supposed to be? I thought at first it was supposed to be cobwebs, but it didn't look like cobwebs. Oh, I thought I they were like uh, it was saran still wrap? setting up. They just like got a shipment of Earth computers and like hadn't finished unwrapping. <laughs> like, we don't have time to unwrap these. We <laughs> got to finish this show in. in two days. <laughs> that uh, makes a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah, like good. they're setting it up. They're getting it all ready. We for, solved that. For keeping the Earth together. Were you guys a fan of the Tiny Tardis? I kind of want a tiny TARDIS in my office. I like I, that, that little tiny TARDIS is so adorable with tiny little Doctor, the Doctor Who in there. Do you think that yes. the Doctor would not have been able to survive outside of the small TARDIS? Is that why he had to stay inside it? Well, it, yeah. So what was going on when he was shrunk inside the tiny TARDIS? Because he couldn't move. He was definitely dazed. He kept misquoting, like misspeaking. Yeah, he was, and, it was so, very a lot of pressure, I guess, when you're getting I guess Ooh. shrunk like that. Is that what, yeah, because what happened and, was, yeah, so the master, for some reason, messes up the... Yeah, he hacked the, the code, right? Or he hacked the, the equation. Yep. The doctor doesn't shrink down to doll size. He goes to... No, yeah, it's like an like, in-between size. Right, yeah, it was like... <laughs> intermediate. When, it was like a part, uh, fun size, I guess. It, would be <laughs> something it definitely like did seem like, you know, they could, he could survive if he stayed within the TARDIS. They didn't open the door. Like, that would... Like, the pressure or something, like, they need to keep the door lock sealed or something. I don't know, like... Because he could have still opened the door and come out and been little, couldn't he? But uh, it seemed like they made, he, definitely made it seem like for stability he had to stay in there and they had to talk yes. him through the window. Be like, right, Doctor. he had to yes. show him the codes. <laughs> but, I mean, not to get super nerdy, although I'm on a Doctor Who podcast, <laughs> I realize this, but the, the TARDIS itself, they even explained it in this episode, the, the physical manifestation of the TARDIS is not the actual TARDIS. It's just a presentation of it in the world. That's kind of how the chameleon circuit works. So that shrunk. That doesn't necessarily mean that the TARDIS itself was shrunk. Okay, yeah. So I don't know because and it doesn't matter because it's, it's, this is before this happens in New Who, but in the Capaldi years, they do a similar thing where it's a shrunken TARDIS, but he's the right size when he kind of pokes through it. Anyway, I don't know. It was neat. It was a good effect. Um, Why do I have a note that says, seen when they are walking the tiny TARDIS to the workshop? Nothing Because it was great. Anything exciting happened at that moment? It was a point of view shot from the doctor looking out of the TARDIS 
as they're jostling him around and carrying him down the street. It was cool. Was I like cool. that. I like I that because that. it made it seem like the doctor was the TARDIS. Like that was his. Uh, <laughs> like they had sort of uh, like his what he yeah like his point of view was basically yeah the, being carried through the street. I liked um, the map paintings that they have in the oh, background, man. like when they go through uh, doors and you see like a painting of Legopolians yeah. in the background, like at their computer terminals. It's like a. It was just nice. It was nice. It it wasn't super effective, but it was. I guess it's not effective if you're like, oh, look, that's a painting by him. Yes, <laughs> but I just like seeing that stuff. Maybe, maybe five year old Mike Dawson thought it was like just <laughs> spot on. But uh, I mean, there was that. There were a couple of those. There was. I mean, jumping way ahead, there's the the master and the doctor on on the antenna uh, dish, and they're fighting, and yep. the doctor's out on the on the catwalk. And behind him, you see the open door and the master watching him. And it's just a still freeze frame of a video <laughs> of, the, of the master watching him the whole time. Uh, that was – that was yeah, there was a few weird things like that. There was a lot of weird stuff. But that, that's, well, Misa herself meets her dad in the toilet. I mean that part was a little strange. So, Mike, did you get all that? Because um, I know you hadn't seen Keeper Tracking, or if you had, it was years ago, that the master had taken the form of her – Dad, that's pretty obvious, right? Within the, I did, this yeah, episode, I uh, was able to sort of piece that together as the story went on because Nisa uh, is talking to the master as if he's not the master. I was wondering why that was happening. I thought maybe the master was doing a kind of thing where he had his own chameleon circuit, where like mm-hmm. he was appearing as her father. But then I, I think yeah, I might he, have done a little offline research to figure out exactly why, yeah, why okay. that was happening. So although he. Looks nothing like her father. No, really? he's I all mean, emoed out, or he's just I mean, like it's the same actor. Think, it's the same actor playing yeah. it, but like completely different. Like he, he, she even mentions he looks years younger. He's so. got a makeover, and uh, she, I guess she. Well, to sort of, this is a good place to sort of come in here. That uh, what's the actor's name? Ainsley something. Ains- the actor uh, plays master. Uh, Ainsley oh, the master. Ant- Anthony Anthony Ainley. Ainsley Alms, the actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's what I think of as the master. <clears throat> Okay, yeah. interesting. That's like the guy who I'm like, oh, that's the master. Um, so I sort of didn't realize that he'd been played by a bunch of different ca- people prior to this episode. Right. So you had not what seen think- like any previous ones. Like we had seen Roger uh, Delgado. Roger Delgado. Yeah. And I think that's actually the closest. Like I, I actually pulled. Up, I've, uh, I'll put this in the show notes later, but on the on the site. But uh, photos of the two of the actors uh, playing the master and. Ainley's uh, characterization is exactly like Delgado's in terms of the look. They yeah. behave differently, but they, yeah, that, that's definitely where they drew the inspiration from. Yeah, I have a note uh, when the master um, interrupts the equation to uh, make the Doctor Who, Doctor's TARDIS go small, because um, he does this by posing as a legopoly in, in, the, in the little, like, Porter John area. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I like his line reading. He's very sort of like I don't know if it was an actor who was like he's having a hard time getting a maniacal laugh going, but he has a very sort of whispery way of saying, "At last, Doctor, cut you down to size." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he just giggles, and then there's like pans back, and you just see tiny little doll people. It's like, oh, you little scamp! What did you do now? That was his first. That was actually his first line as the master in this whole story. Oh, is it? Like that's what he chose to go with. But all right, yeah, I had the same feeling. <laughs> Super weird. Oh, well, maybe man. he was finding the character at that point. Then maybe that's why he was like, <laughs> he's reading still, it. He's still weird. working it through. Yeah, because. Uh... Um, can we uh, just jumping back before we even get to Legopolis? Um, Have we not got so there? They materialized oh. their TARDIS around the Master's TARDIS, which is around a police box, 
And the Doctor knows the Master's in the TARDIS someplace, but can't find him. So their idea is to turn everything off in the TARDIS, but have it materialize inside the Thames and open the doors. Yeah, they were going to flood him out flood. somehow, I guess. Does this sound like... Does, <laughs> that is was a, a sound plan? Would you, If you were Adric at this point and the Doctor says, this is my plan, would you have been like, all right, let's do it? Right, but if that is your plan and then it's a funny moment they're on a boat. But then sure. that's it. Like, that's like, all right, we give up on that play. We're not going to flood anything. <laughs> like, they never even mentioned it again, right? I right. Mean, you, after you that, they moved just moved it over. You could have moved it six feet to the left, and it would have fallen off the barge and done your play. It just, that was, was just a really dumb plan. Time, I think, yeah, it was not. Um, I didn't, didn't really like it because, yeah, like, it's like, it's very unclear. Like, so the doctor's like, we're going to go underwater. Uh huh. All right, hear me out. Let's. Can you stand swim against the first? wall, stand against the yep. door to stop it from opening. <laughs> but what was supposed to happen after that? Like, was he going to slow, like, using his body slowly allow the pressure of the Thames into the uh, into the TARDIS? Like, he didn't want to get washed away. Like, he was gonna like hang on. To what the poor Adric was gonna have like, to inflate that potato sack yes. and just hope he could float. <laughs> Adric is a flotation device. <laughs> His dead body is a flotation device. I don't know. So the also, purpose the of the scene is the purpose of the scene ahead. is to get him down on the boat. They step out. There's an amusing bit like, "Oh, we're on a boat." There's the right. watcher. I'm going to go have a chat with the watcher on the bridge. So that's like what progresses that's the, the point. story the, in the in the sure. sequence. But yeah, there's sort of a bit of a question of like, how exactly was that plan going to actually pan out? <laughs> yeah, had that actually plan been uh, seen through to fruition, how would that have worked? Because, well, what would have happened? Yeah, the TARDIS like, is kind of infinite on the inside too in terms of its space it could have just sucked up the whole thames and still not anyway oh if it was infinite yeah it could have drained all the water in the planet it's not infinite don't correct me on twitter folks but i mean still yeah but if it's tardises within tardises that's true actually you're right it's tardises all the way down it's just like it's down tardises like so you could be draining the thames down like an endless drain correct Mm-hmm. I think I, I think, think you're right. Like, how would you turn it off? And where was the master going to float out? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for them not landing that in the water. Like, that's a dangerous. Thank goodness his plan didn't work. <laughs> that was wh- probably why his last words were, "I'm not very good at this." And now it all sort of. <laughs> so, uh, so but- we do we do get to see the watcher on the bridge at that point. I I think every time we see the watcher, it is awesome. That's what makes this episode for me. Is yeah, just when that, you just like, see, like, why is powder here? And you're just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I mean, he, to me, this is a little dirty too, but he looked like um, one of the clowns from like the classic Italian Commedia dell'arte, like the whole oh, white outfit, clown yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so, I did a little research on that. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that character is supposed to be the, the voice of the people. An expression of the people. I don't know that they necessarily went with that, but it looks so much like that sort of character they were going for. Um, that was awesome. The whole time, yeah. just being super creepy, and and it was just yeah. To me, you don't more... know what it is, and they don't. They you know enough that the doctor knows what it's going on, but yes. the audience is never tipped off until the end. I thought that was yes. handled really well. And every time he speaks to a character, we're not aware of what is actually said because he speaks to Adric as well. He obviously speaks to Nissa because he yeah. brought her to Logopolis, but. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, like I how the was... watchers sort of all this stuff is happening off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. just a question for clarity: is it yeah. is it the future doctor? Like, is it Peter Davidson, yes. or is it yeah. the present doctor? Like, I know it's the doctor, sort of somehow through time, kind of going back. My to My kinda... understanding, my 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 takeaway from it was <clears throat> that it actually was the fourth doctor. 
There was Tom Baker. No, I'm sorry, Fifth Doctor. I'm sorry, it was Davison. It was Davison doing this. It was the Fifth Doctor uh, helping him, his former self out. Of See, I thought it, that it and, is the Doctor, the total Doctor. Like, it's his spirit, could, that's the sure. common thing between all the bodies, as opposed to individual I like personalities. That better. I like that's what the Doctor actually looks like. Yeah, Ooh. kind of like his <laughs> spirit self or whatever. Like his, you saw pure, close up with those hands. He's got nasty talons. That's what upset Ooh. me when I was seven. <laughs> and, I can imagine the entropy. <laughs> They're creepy. How bad was the doctor at consoling uh, Nisa though? When she's like, when, first off, like her her stepmother had been killed. Her her dad's killed. The doctor's like, yeah, her dad's dead. And she's like, oh, God, this is pretty bad. And he, he sort of walks with her and gives her a pat. And then and he just immediately goes. just turns around and just starts talking about what he really wants to talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, sorry. you're fine. You're walking off. Oh, are you still worried about that? Are you still you're still upset? Yeah. Yeah. And even later when he decides to partner up with the master, she's like, but he killed. Just shut up. I, think that, I didn't pick any of you people. And he starts complaining like you stowed away on my car and you're trying to get to the airport. It's like, wow, the doctor hates his companions. He's just letting it all go. Yeah, which I think I, is probably matches some of the tone on set too, because uh, it was a very tense uh, Tom Baker's final. Final oh, was it? See, so I, I, don't, I didn't get to see the special features here. From what I saw in the special features, yeah. apparently, like every season for like the last three or four seasons, Tom Baker would say, "I'm getting kind of old at this. I think I'm going to quit." Like and use it as a thing, and they'd go, "No, Tom, no, 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 whatever you want, whatever you want." And he did that. For this season, it was like, I'm getting kind of old for this. And everyone was like, all right, cool. We're, we're going to replace you. And he was <laughs> like, and then after that, he starts freaking out because is he going to get work? Like, did he make the wrong choice? And it, yeah. Yeah. If you watch the documentary, it was very hard to work with him, according to all the producers and stuff. I would like to watch this hmm. documentary. What's it called? Yes. Uh, it was on the DVD uh, that I got. It's called uh, New Body for the Doctor or something like that. I don't know. I can, I'll, I'll, I'll find you out. You can tend to find some of these on, on YouTube as well. Yeah. yeah. I would like to say that I think that Tom Baker physically, and you guys have probably discussed this in the past, but just I would like to throw in my hat saying he's a really great doctor the way he looks. Because mm-hmm. his face, you can't quite tell how old he is. Like, because yeah. he kind of looks old. All the time, yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> when, even just because of his episode, yeah. English homeliness, which I could say as an English person, he's just—I'm <laughs> <laughs> allowed to say that. He just sort of got a, like a homely face, but he mm-hmm. like so he looks like an old man, but his body is that of like you know like a I think he's like in his thirties or forties, but he's very tall and like he's actually sort yeah. of like you know sort of an imposing presence. Like that's he's not, a like, great question. How old is he? But that's the thing about Tom Baker is I can never quite tell how old he is. He just sort At of this looks moment in young and old simultaneously. Yeah, like, that's a uh, great point. Like now, John, Mike, Pertwee, John Pertwee, just on the earlier Doctors, they all looked like older men. Yeah, right? John right. Pertwee so this was a this is, comparatively he was like a very young Doctor to come on. I mean, especially like Hartnell or any of them. Yeah, he was right. And Peter Davison, but you're right. Younger. He did this for seven years at this point. Yeah, I think it was seven years, and, right? And he didn't seem to age at all. You're, yeah, you're exactly right. I think he actually was a Time Lord, to be honest I mean, with you. I was watching old old clips, like when he first, uh, like his first appearance, when Tom Baker, like, and there's a scene, you covered it, I'm sure, like where he's trying on different outfits in like yeah. his yeah, first episode. Yeah. So you see in some of those uh, costumes that he's, like, really impressively built. Like, he's wearing, like, that, like, uh, jester outfit. Like, he's very tall, very <laughs> wait, broad Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't remember. <laughs> you did that outfit? Like, we're all clear. He's very, very built. Outfit, like, in that funny scene. He's like, do you like yeah. this? And, like, you're like, well, Tom Baker's, like, you know, 
I he's remember thinking specifically. I just imagine Mike watching was, that scene so. now and just like scrolling in a notebook. He guy is so cut. I'm just <laughs> saying he so looks cut. like he looks like a swimmer. He's like he's like it's all like uh, he looks like Michael Phelps. He was he was 70s cut. It's a very different thing than than current day cut. So. All right, you guys are not agreeing with me. I see in the video. I'm just no, saying. No, no, I know. I, I, I we have not seen has, that. I just it's funny. It just made me laugh. We have. I, I do agree that he is ageless though in this yeah. this character. I think I was, you're right. He's perfect for it because you can't tell. Even over the course of all these years, he's been playing the character. He looks almost identical. So so good job, I Tom agree. Baker. Yeah, <laughs> way to not age, buddy. So the master once uh, controls Nisa. Uh, jumping around here, Ugh. but only controls one of her hands, right? Yeah. So he's got the bracelet on, and she's she's he's making her choke. He specifically Adric. says that, but her too. other hand is just sort of just not doing anything to hey, stop it. What about her feet? Yeah, How is he she's not her doing feet? anything to stop because later on she does it again, and she's trying to she's grabbing her own hand and, and doing that. But for Adric, she's like, all right, I'm just gonna let it happen. <laughs> Like poor Adric. Nobody likes Adric. Not even his girlfriend. Also, I don't know. I don't know. So this is a scene where the master has uh, got this controlling bracelet on Nisa. Control her hands. Seems to also control all other people in the vicinity to prevent them from like stepping in and being like, "Get your hand out!" Yeah, nobody (laughs) is. Nobody is stepping up. Everyone's like, "Yeah, well, come on." He's kind of kind of annoying. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing if he got strangled. We'll see how this plays out. Yeah, they're taking the time. Poor Adric. Yeah. I don't know how that how that worked. Um, I, I did like that the the master for all of his like cunning and always being a step ahead and and having these these huge elaborate plans totally miscalculated on what would happen when he screwed with the calculations on Legopolis. Like I love the concept of this of this planet and the people on it are the computer basically the organic computer that keeps right. the entire universe from collapsing without their calculations and you know they're sitting in the central register which is you know that's a CPU. And there's the monitor, which is the control process for a CPU. Like, this whole thing is, mm-hmm. is very, like, maybe a little heavy-handed in, in that terms of the, of the metaphor. But uh, I like the idea like, of just being able to intone these calculations are the thing that actually makes reality change around yeah. them. That was a yeah, really, was cool really cool concept in this. I like that. And I do like the comment that I think as Nisa makes when she looks at all those poor guys working. She's like, we call these sweatshops. And then they just kind of move <laughs> along. It's like, oh, you poor living computers. Well, so to, yep. to the master's plan, I have a question. Yeah, me too. Because in, epi- in part three of the story, mm-hmm. he seems like he makes a mistake. Seems like he tries yes. to take over Legopolis. Uh, and, it, and inadvertently sort of creates the death of the universe yes. through mm-hmm. entropy by, like, shutting down the computer kills it. Um, yep. So then him and the Doctor agree to work together to stop this. But then in the final part of the episode, uh, and this is where I, my question up at the front, where I'm like, is this all make total sense? Like, is this, like, all the science stuff? It seems like they go to Earth, they get to the big satellite, they, they figure out a way to, to prevent, you know, the entropy from spreading. But then I thought, thought it was sort of implied that that had been the Master's plan all along to get to that point where he could then hold the Earth hostage, or the universe hostage. No, to, to my understanding, like, his whole plan was to get to Legopolis, take it over, and then use that computer to generate whatever he wanted to. But uh, once okay. he shut it down, yeah. he didn't realize that... This whole time they were holding all of reality together, so that's sort of where he screwed up. And then I think at the this end, Plan he, B, he saw, yes, a plan. He, he saw another opportunity. He was thinking um, on his evil feet. Yes, he's yes. like, yes. I can turn this into another way that I can control the universe. <laughs> 
just oh, as man. long But as even, time. like, the Doctor, the Doctor versus the Master at the very end, uh, even being, like, this monumental episode, did Tom Baker seem real low energy, like, in that last scene where he's like, All right, you have the honor of plugging it in when they're going to yeah. shoot the, uh, the, not the Mentat, the uh, Legopolis code into the, wherever they were They're going to send that out to the universe, yeah. Again. Right. He just seemed like it was like oh, he's not even putting up a struggle or anything. Like he seemed so out of the scene, like and depressed yeah. and just sad. And it was like, oh, it I, that was my uh, take on that. Anyway. <laughs> it was, yeah. he just, watching them he punch buttons and plug that, cables together, yeah, phoning that one in a, a little bit. I, yeah, I, I couldn't tell. I didn't know if that was Tom Baker's performance or the Doctor's resignation to the events right i don't know how, yeah. how intentional it was and because it wasn't entirely clear to me at the time exactly what was happening because <laughs> no, it was really sure all right yeah i, I guess i knew that the, yeah it was just it was like okay i'm just gonna let this happen but yeah it was pretty low energy and uh i mean then they have the, their little fight scene which was not all that thrilling but i'd like to the 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 doctor did trip up the master using his scarf yeah that's that the classic <laughs> tom baker scarf <laughs> trip <laughs> Classic. Uh, the classic other doctor wouldn't have been able to do that. Was it- <laughs> yeah. No, he's done that a couple times. It's nice to bring yeah, back. The next doctor is going to have to just poke people with celery or whatever. Yeah, a little celery stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as right. strategically. Uh, yeah. So anything else? I mean, we get to the death of Tom Baker. He unfortunately plummets uh, to his death and regeneration. Plummets somehow. slashes just gives up. Let's go. Kinda, well, yeah. Let's do this. Let's let's do this. Here we go. Come on. He, he it, it's sort of like guy. that yeah. kitty poster he that's holding on. on and he just yeah. sort of lets go. He had, he had both hands on it and then just lets and then it just oh, lets him go. And there's he, the door on the other side, but I don't think he even tried to open that one, right? No. On the catwalk. He basically just wanted to swan <laughs> dive right off of die. the catwalk. Well, he was well, done. Question, but he can't prevent the regeneration from happening, so he knew it was about to happen, right? Like, he knew that he was oh, going to Oh, so it was because of what the Watcher had said to him. He knew this yeah. was how it was going to end? Well, I think he knew that regeneration was imminent, right? Yeah, I, I agree with Mike on I, that. So I think like, he, my arms he knew are getting his tired. death is coming. It might hurt when I fall, but I know regeneration is about to happen. Is that what? Sure. Is that where it could be? I guess. I mean, yeah, so... Like, they can't way, stop it, right? No, they, I mean... That's that's right. If if the doctor if the doctor is severely injured enough, their regeneration will start regardless. And you know that's changed over the years. Exactly how that process can happen. Uh, I was went, just went went back and watched the Pertwee to uh, Tom Baker regeneration. We hadn't actually we we actually reviewed an episode, the robot where uh, we saw the, regeneration the tail completes, end of that, but we didn't actually see the beginning of the regeneration. And that was that's some wacky stuff right there. That's Planet of the Spiders. Maybe we should go back and watch that because it looks yeah. Real you can weird. add it to our list. Um, but like a, a, a another alien being actually helps kick off the regeneration there. Oh yeah. In a previous uh, episode, Hartnell, uh, his re- regeneration um, says that it was the TARDIS. Without the TARDIS's energy, he couldn't actually do the regeneration. So they keep over the course of years adding on to the canon of how this actually works. But I think at this point you're right. Like if he's severely injured enough, it's just going to happen regardless. But my question is, like, did he? understand because of what the watcher had told him that this moment itself was going to happen not necessarily that a regeneration was going to happen but like you are going to stop the master and after that you're going to regenerate so maybe he had just given up at this point he's like i've reached this point this is what's going to happen it's time and then we get the what do you think of like seeing all of his the villains that he faced during his run and then hearing from all the companions uh talking i thought that was cool 
I it was like nice that. to see Mary Tam. Yeah. That was good. Romana won. Yeah. Which is effective. I mean, for me, I had seen the uh, uh, regeneration for uh, Matt Smith, where they had done the similar thing. You see all the previous doctors leading up to him in that mm-hmm. uh, regeneration. So I see exactly where they got that from. Um, so it was it was nice. It was it was a kind of a reverse callback for me because I had seen a, a previous version of that. But yeah. And yeah, how nice. did uh, Nisa? I think it's Nisa. Figure out immediately that that was uh, the doctor. The watcher was the doctor. Is she the one that <laughs> she was said like, that? "Oh wait, it's her, right?" Or, and or is it Adric? I, I don't know. I think yeah. it's her, and she's like, "Oh, it turns out this whole time, like she's pulling the mask off, and it's Tom Baker <laughs> underneath." Um, I was like, "Oh, that's I guess so." All right, you figure that one out. Meanwhile, I'm like, "What happened?" And he's got the <laughs> all right, okay, okay, entropy. Well, yeah, I didn't actually <laughs> entropy all along. I didn't realize that. You know, I I, I was surprised that it, the watcher ended up being the doctor. Um, because we had, I mean, there's a lot of misdirects there, or at least I'm stupid and just didn't get it. Like at first, the first time I see the I watcher, it was I'm a, like, oh, is that the master? I thought it was the white guardian. Thinking, I was like, oh, the white, the white guardian? guardian's somehow being connected to this whole thing. Yeah, or you know, or the black guardian disguise, or like whatever. Yeah, so I had no idea at the end. So I was, I was, uh, that worked for me. What did you think, Mike? Mike? What did you think? Did you have an idea that this, or or you I had recalled from having seen yeah. it? Yeah, that was the one thing I did know. So I knew the whole time it was <laughs> the doctor. The only um, thing. I mean, I... So still, like, it's... I'm trying to figure out exactly what version of the Doctor. I do like the idea of it being uh, the pure essence of the Doctor. Like some like meta Doctor. Um, yeah. Do you know, like... So this episode had come at the end of a season, so there was, like, a break in between? Because it actually doesn't seem to, like, wrap up the story, right? Like, it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And a lot of times they... Mm-hmm. That, this happens to be the last story. But we've had ones where they've switched, like, in the middle of the... Season, right? Yeah, I get. I, I, I think actually, Pertwee to Baker was in the middle of a season. Yeah, so it's weird the way that they do it, where it's not quite like. Now and I don't do know it, if that's like always where the, it's at the end of a season, right? Like, isn't it pretty consistent now with the new Doctor? Now it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah now you would. And then there's the Christmas special. Somehow. We'll have like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess last... a lot of that has to do with a lot of these stories being written before they know, and then they're just sort of plugging them in, and then they're updating them to reflect casting changes or whatever. So my last comment was sort of a question to you guys about um, the damage caused to the universe through this episode. Um, is there, like, because from there, so Adric and Nisa go outside of the universe where they can see it from afar. They <laughs> yeah. go, there's the known universe, and there's entropy, and within yep. a matter of seconds we see, like, half the universe wiped out through entropy. And they're like, well, there's a couple hours left until it gets to Earth. <laughs> like, uh, Traken's gone. Yeah, yeah. So that, that billions of people gone. So it's quite a body count, though, yeah. in this episode. I guess it is. I mean, I don't know if in the next episode the universe is restored in some way, but I don't. Think I so. don't think so. I think those gone. places are gone. We just got to move on. Are you guys still plus about like the universe? It, yeah, it, I, they also have to s- sort of make uh, her a companion now. Like she's got no home, so she's staying right. with with Peter Davison or the Doctor. I assume she is, right? I mean, she's. Lisa? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have three three companions now, and That's a new doctor. Crazy! Oh, it's gonna be an exciting new season. We haven't had four people like that: the doctor and we the three companions I don't in think a long time. Back in Hartnell days, there was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did. We did. Um, did didn't we they have, have four? Then? They had four people in the very first one, right? Because you had well, his true, granddaughter, too. and then the two the two teachers, the right? Teachers, yeah. yeah, that's true. 
Um, but yeah, but typically when we do a regeneration like this, we have like a companion is the through line that carries them across. In this case, it's like Nissa doesn't really count because she was only in one previous story. Uh, Tegan's new, and then there's Adric. Yeah, well, Adric's you know, he's, 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 he's the glue to hold, to hold us together. <laughs> That's so everything's hinging on Adric. Right? Oh, Adric's, yeah, Adric's planet in East Space is probably fine, but he doesn't care. Like, he, why he would he want to go home and see That place is gone now. Actually, I wouldn't. So, is that appointment gone? No, that was already gone from uh, at the end of uh, the last uh, the Warrior Gate. Okay, so that was already gone. Never mind. Yep. We know yeah. that the Earth is located in sector eighty twenty three in the third quadrant. If you guys are ever need, if you're ever <laughs> lost and you need to find your way home, if I'm outside the universe and yeah, you need to get back. <laughs> Just put that into your GPS. You should be good. Oh. Uh, one thing that we do know uh, from this episode that we were theorizing when we were talking about uh, Keeper Tracking. Was how the master actually took over uh, her fa- Nissa's father's body, right. and they do explicitly. The doctor explicitly says because he still had the power of the keeper at the time. That's how he was able to take over the body. We had guessed that when we did the, our yeah, our review of that story. It. We weren't quite sure, but um, yeah, that's that's locked down in this one. All right. Well, I think uh, does anyone have anything else to add? Because I know we have some reviews to read. Oh, yeah. uh, Mike, is there anything you wanted to add to? Megapolis no. before we I'm say goodbye to Tom Baker. I'm actually... I don't know if you want to keep this part in. I probably have to hop off. Okay. No, we're good. Uh, is that all right with the... Should not be yeah, there for the review? We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do our wrap-up at the end. That's cool. This was fun. Thanks, guys. Can I come on right. again? Actually, what keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to do it again. So, it actually, I do want to ask, Mike, so now that you went back and watched this episode and you haven't watched any classic Who in a long time, would, would you keep watching? If it was easier to find them, actually, <laughs> no, I do. You, I like it. I mean, I like any dark. I just don't watch a lot of TV in general. Um, yeah. But so it was nice to have an assignment. I enjoyed it. I enjoy this sort of like old-fashioned sci-fi, and I actually like. I mean, we've been ragging on it the whole time, but like, I like yeah. this stuff when it was like done in an age where people weren't thinking about canon and like everything's like how it all 100 percent ties into like the mythos. You know, it's just like yep. writers coming up with ideas. And I, I always enjoy that. I feel the same way about, like, old Marvel comics. Like, you know, there's a period where people are just creating. And then there's a period where, like, the fans completely take hold of a thing. And, like, it all has to be, like, 100% ironed out. Um, so I yeah. just like this. I enjoy this sort of thing. And I enjoy the new stuff, too. But it just you could see the difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I dug it. Um, cool, so cool. thanks for having me, guys. This is All right, thanks, fun. Mike. Thanks, Mike. And again, uh, if you want to check out Mike's work, please go to MikeDawsonComics.com, um, as well as The Nib. Isn't it The Nib the best place for people to go, or the Nib has do you have all, all that stuff recent... linked It's all probably site. linked through my site, but yeah, The Nib is, uh, they publish a lot of uh, great comics, and I've been doing work there lately, so yeah. Yeah, it's been very good. All right, thank you, Mike. Bye, guys. Thanks, Mike. Right. Bye. See ya. All right, Dan, so we have... Uh, some reviews, right? We got a couple yep. of thank you, America, and uh, the world, not just America, but we have uh, three iTunes reviews, and I love iTunes reviews, Dan. I know you do, and they I think really people got that point whenever I uh, kept mentioning it over and over and over again, so thank right. you, fans, for So let's alternate reading. Um, I'm going to sure. start. This Go one comes from Tigwin. Uh, this is a terrific podcast. Eric and Dan show these classics great respect and poke fun when it's a, when it's deserved as well. They do a great job of breaking down the plot and providing context for the actors at the time. I highly recommend this prod- podcast. I can't I can't get through this. Small nitpick: if they would refrain from using the word episode specifically targeting me because I do this all the time when they mean series or maybe storyline, that would be great. Now, um, 
Tigwin. As you can see, I struggled, but I tried very hard uh, and corrected myself along the way <laughs> in this one. I always say episode, I hate it. I hate myself more than you could hate me. Um, and that bothers me as well, so I will do my best. Yeah, I, that's definitely... I mean, it's, it's a confusing thing, too, because we're, we're talking about a story for, uh, for Doctor Who, but we're also talking about the episode of the podcast that we're referring to, so right. sometimes that gets a little confusing, but yes. But I specifically will say this is my favorite episode, or I love the episode Pyramids of Mars. Like, you know, I, I do that all the time, and I shouldn't. Yep, yeah, and everyone does hate you for that. All right, Dan, get um, the Okay, we've got the next one here. Um, I can't... Hang on one second, sorry. I'm trying to pull this one up, because I can't read the full title. You want me to read it? I... Uh, Nope. Okay. <clears throat> what do we got here? So, oh, okay. So the next one is from Macash33. More fun than a Mark III travel machine full of Khaled mutants. Nice. That's, that's, a, that's a deep Very cut, good. deep ref. I needed to get that full title out. <laughs> uh, there aren't many classic Doctor Who podcasts out there, but this is definitely a great one. It's something uh, of a first-time Who show with new Who fans Eric and Dan looking back at some of the best and not so best classic right. Who episodes. And I would add, like, I have been watching Doctor Who since I was a kid. I'm just incredibly dumb, and it's almost impossible for me to remember episodes I've seen. But for the most part, yeah, we are both yeah. new to yeah. classic uh, Who. Uh, their love of Doctor Who is evident in the reviews, and it's great to hear some new fans experience a classic show so many of us have loved for decades. If you like Doctor Who, this is definitely a podcast you should check out. Thank you very Thank much, you. Uh, McCash33. All right. That's great. The next one, I can't believe three. When we get three, man, it's just like, what am I going to do? Sax for Christ uh, is the username. Now, I'm not recommending Sax for Christ, but if you want to play a Sax for Christ, that's fine with me. Dan and Eric have an affinity for the original. Unlike some podcasts... Uh, that are self-enamored with themselves and talk just to take up time or have guests. Thank you, Mike Dawson, for joining us on the show today. To take space and time, Dan and Eric invite us into their friendship, uh, which is where the love happens, uh, and their love for the classic Doctor Who series. They are unpretentious. Well, sometimes I can be pretentious, I'm sure, in that, that if they haven't... Wait. They are unpretentious in that if they aren't sure about something, they ask their listeners to update them. That seems more of a shortcoming on our part, but I will take that as no, a compliment. No, it's called Interactive yeah. Podcast. It's called Please Help Us. Um, <laughs> as there is so much information, it is hard to know it all, and that is the truth. I listen to multiple podcasts and really appreciate and enjoy Dan and Eric's commentary. Keep it up as you are doing a fine job. Favorite doctor is Tom Baker, but I have met all the classic doctors except William Hartnell and Sylvester McCoy, and I find all of I, I enjoy all of them. I would encourage you then, Sacks for Christ, to watch some of the Sylvester McCoy ones when we get to them. And I think we are going to loop around and do some William Hartnell. So I hope you join us for that. Not sure if you have done Enlightenment. We haven't, but that's on our list. But the eSpace series has some good story points. I agree 100%. Thank you very Thank much you. for those reviews, guys. That really helps us out. So uh, uh, that helps other people find our show, which uh, makes me very happy. Um, we do also have, um, quickly, we have... Uh, on Twitter, thank you guys for reaching out to us. You can reach us at uh, TODW Show on Twitter. Uh, Mikash, who uh, reviewed our show, also um, pointed out that if you like overacting, you have to add the uh, story Horns of Neman to your list. Uh, the best overacting since Captain Hopper in Tomb of the Cybermen. That's pretty good. Um, and thank you, uh, Hutch999, for also... Uh, having a nice little conversation there as well we also got an email which you can email us at the old doctor who show at gmail.com uh mccash also reached out to us there with some uh nice feedback on what he likes about the show and what he'd like us to see and just telling us about uh uh his thoughts on 
the classic series. So please get in touch with us at any of those, and that would be fantastic. Yeah, and I think in that email he had suggested what Horns of Nima. Did you say that already in Seeds yep. of Doom? You already said Horns that. Of Nima. I forgot okay. Seeds of Doom as well. That's right. right. Yep. Um, okay. Um, so is there anything else that we have? Did we cover all of our? I think we got all of our socials in there. We got all of our stuff. So you know where to reach us: um, Twitter, yep. email. Check out the old com for our schedule of upcoming uh, shows and also to see all of our previous uh, episodes. Yep. And if you want to send listener mail, uh, send it to, as Dan said, the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com. If it's short enough, like we get some that are longer and it's awesome and yeah. we read all of it. But if it's short enough, we will read the whole thing uh, on air. We'll definitely read an iTunes review. Uh, regardless um, of length, but now someone may, could do like a six-page <laughs> iTunes That's fine. We'll have read to it. read it. That'll be a whole story. Um, yep. You can go to the old com, hit, hit the subscribe link, and then subscribe on iTunes. If you prefer Stitcher, we're on there. We're also on Google Play. iTunes seems to be the more popular choice, so if you're gonna if you're able to review there, that would help us out a lot. Yep. So thank you. I think we're good, Dan. Thanks, everybody. i gotta, I got to go uh, uh, fight somebody. Oh, cool. you didn't know good I was, luck. Yeah, you didn't know I was cage fighting. You I thought you were I back into it. I could tell yeah. from the cuts and bruises that you were you're getting back in. All right. Well, it's always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you uh, for Same. being you. And we will. <laughs> thank we will. you for being me as well. And thank you, Tom Baker, for providing such great episodes. Uh, next time we meet, I we will be will with him. Peter Davison. So I'm very yeah. excited for that. I've not seen the next episode, um, and no. I don't think you have either. So of course not. Until then, uh, Doctor Who forever out. <laughs> Robots, you know?